Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, Buttercup. And let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable. By sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, I'm telling you what, man, I've been waiting for another football show for a long time, dude, because I love football. If, if, if I could literally, the dream job for me, if you asked me Mad Men a question, if you could do any job in the world, it would be to coach football right now. Yeah. And, and so I love the fact that we got a football player coming on. Don't look at me like oh, yeah. that. Who would you coach? Well, I'd start at the high school level, right? I'd win a state, couple state championships. How does to become and a professional I'd, football coach? You, I mean, you, you go high to school, oh, unless you're a, a pro player. Right. Pro players, most what they do, they'll transition to a collegiate team, work up, work up, work to their offensive coordinator, what a head coach. If they win a, a bowl game or have some good seasons, up to the pros. Like there's a, a guy that I wanted to play for. If it's not a coach, Van Gorder, huh? Coach college, they don't have a no. You know the officers have to go. Well, I, hell, I don't know, man. Coaching college for football players. Well, the captains have to go to that to up to up Northern Cal to get their master's degrees to progress in the in the teams. Yeah, yeah, but that's a little different, bro. They're talking about geostrategic planning and leadership. The, doesn't matter what it's about, right? Yeah, but you don't Projecting need to know battle groups around the other side of the world. Yeah, it's not the same. A little same. more complicated. A little bit more complicated. Than, yeah. than, you don't than, have than, to talk to me like I'm <laughs> shit on the road, dude. It's like, yeah, that's a cute question, though. I didn't know, man. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Before we jump into it, I got to go to that. All right, Marcus. Oh, this fella, like yeah. Best football movies ever. Go. Rudy, the program. Oh, God. Remember that about the Florida State? Um, oh, dude, so good. Necessary roughness. Oh, any given Dallas Sunday, 40? North Dallas forty. Oh. Any given Sunday, it's I like the dark side kind of. Oh, a, yeah, you know, longest yard. Longest yard is great. Both of them. Oh, you like the one with uh, Adam Sandler? Oh well, Bert was in there. Yeah, but 
don't it was I'm, still funny. I, I like guess. corny ass movies, man. What what else? What else? Friday Night Lights, bro. Yeah. Thank. Please, know, next Pete. time you talk to Pete, dude, please give him a big hug for me. Uh, I will. Because I mean, that was epic. I remember when that article came out in Sports Illustrated, dude, mm. way back in the day. Because I was from South Florida, just like you guys out here. Football's everything, dude. Oh, text him right now. Does it have that. to be football movies? Yes, Wizard. What are you talking about? Does it have to be football movies? We're having an NFL player. What, why? No, it's a legit question. Wizard, what kind of movies do you want to talk about with our guest being an NFL football player? about sports movies. But how is that relevant to the guy who's coming on? Because he plays sports. Holy sweet Jesus. Did you, did you play, did you ever play a year of football? Well, no, what you, no, what's your not. argument, Wizard? He, he, he thinks he we should just... about football movies, but there's also some other great sports movies. Remember we the Titans? A, we have a football play. Go ahead. Dude, so good. I know right? we're missing one about... We're missing one about a Brian coach. Brian Song, the old school, Rocky Blyer story. Not Hoosiers, man. Blindside. Oh, oh, hey, uh, hey oh, hello. What? In, Invincible. Oh, bro! <laughs> better get that one in there, dude. Vince, we're sorry, bud. We love you. Yeah, we love varsity you. Blues. We love you. Water Boy. Oh, the replacements. Oh, so good. That was a good one, man. So good. Blindside. Blindside was awesome. Like what else? We are Marshall. What? Water we Boy. We are Marshall's awesome. Water Boy. <laughs> oh, I said that. Yeah. What else? Water Boy. Uh, you like the Water Boy? You don't like it. Sandler? Fat. Oh, remember? How about Sea Biscuit? Oh, God, that's so good. Wait, what? Did you just say? Gridiron Gang? Biscuit. Can we turn his mic off, dude? It's just Johnny oh, no, Be Good. Alaska. Johnny Alaska. Be Good was Remember go. when they played the, Russian, the Russians? The Russians? <laughs> you know how painful this is right now with him? Dude. Sports. But I got to admit, when I was still Did in. Did you see Wildcats? Goldie Hawn? Wildcat. It's the sport of kings. Yeah. Better than diamond rings. Football. 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 Well, Johnny Sunday in the snow. Really Referees whistle blow. Football. Football. God, I love that movie. What about Cool Runnings? Stop, Did you man. ever see the Junction Boys? <laughs> I don't know if I saw that it's one. It's about A&M. It's good, man. Is it good? Yeah. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. Best little whorehouse in Texas. That's not a football <laughs> movie. Dude. Remember the Aggie show? We're, we are losing it. We are losing it. Hey, no, remember the best of times. Remember that yeah, with Robin, Robin Williams, Williams and uh, Kurt Russell. He missed. Yeah, oh, dude. Those white cleats. Oh, and he catches the ball. Mm-hmm. God, can we dude. count Kingpin in there anywhere? What bowling? are you doing? Why do you do bowling this? Stop. Is bowling a sport? Question. No. Oh, you're yes. saying you're saying. God, is it a sport? America. No, yeah. So, is there a difference between a seal and a green beret? You just baffled me there. It, good. What does you that need have to, to be do with quiet bowling being a sport? All right. What does what does bowling have to do with? Can I just please enter this? Uh, uh, enter this. Can I please movie. just? <laughs> can I please My just? God, I just giggle like that. Question was raised. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host David Rutt Rutherford, along here with Mister Never Quit himself, Marcus Latrell, Jerry Maguire, and the man who hates sports, the Wizard. All right. Listen, if this is your first time joining us, thank you. We love you. We've got a doozy in store. We've got one of the greatest all-time collegiate football players who ever play, now playing in the NFLs, coming on. If you are coming to the show, we love you. If you're a return offender, 
God bless you. You're making our dreams come true. And you're also helping us out by spreading the team never quit. So if you're on the team, do us a favor. Get out there. Teach your uncle, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your best friend, your neighbor. Teach them how to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes podcast or on any other Android podcast app. Subscribe and you can have the three of us in your head while you're practicing for the greatest game ever played, which is football. All right. There's also, if you visit our website at tnqpodcast.com, you can find a truckload of reader or listener write-in stories that are will blow you away. Just pages and pages of these phenomenal stories. We also have incredible merchandise. Merch. Team Merch. Merch. Mark, we get your, your issue gear. The gear's in. The gear's in. Team Never Quit podcast shirts, and we're working on hats and some mugs for you as well, too. Now, Marcus, how stoked are we to pull on one of our great first sponsors, 4 the one-stop shop for all types of men's issues, hair loss, skin care issues, and sexual wellness, baby. What do you think? No, it's great. I'm excited to to have them as a sponsor. And the first thing they brought to us is and that we were going to talk about was hair loss. And I remember when you brought that to to me, I was like, "Oh man, sure it is, right?" <laughs> and um, I won't, I won't, I won't you know, man, I can't talk about anything unless I've seen both sides of yeah. it. So I've previously been hit by lightning. So I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> right. of course you had. All right. So I kind of did the Mel Gibson and what women want thing and <laughs> right. sat back and. I just kind of took the ego out of it and thought about Morgan and I first coming in as twins and being born early and, and, and starting to work out and then taking all the supplements and everything we could get our hands on, uh, if it worked or not, to make us grow. All our lives, through growing up, high school, college, even in the SEAL teams, we took supplements, we did everything we could to, if there was a, a defect our, or yeah. a deficiency in something, even yeah, with we're vitamins. we're still doing it. We're still taking it. Still this very day. Like so I, once I started thinking about it like that, I'm like, man, if I, if I had the hair loss problem, I would immediately do, go trying to get it fixed that's the solution the solution right and a scientific one right fix it and let's go well wizard talk exactly. a little bit about how scientifically fi- effective and efficient this stuff is well the stat on this i think that's most interesting is 60 percent, 66 percent of men start losing their hair by 35 so what for hims is going to help you do is going to help you keep your hair and the way they do it it's already a proven method and it's 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 very convenient so they're taking you know well-known genetic equivalents the name brand prescriptions, and they're sending it to you. So this stuff is already proven. And the other aspect is you don't have to go to the doctor's office. It's not going to be a waiting room. You're not going to have to pay all that, and you're going to save time. And, uh, you know, being proactive about something that's really concerning you. I dig it. Well, man, listen up. Our listeners right now get a trial month for hymns for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. Just go to their website at forhims.com and start filling out all the questionnaire. You'll be assigned a doctor. And within a few easy steps, you're going to get the prescription and the products will be delivered right to your door. Again, all you got to do is go to forhims.com and forward slash our promo code, which is TNQP. That's forhims.com forward slash TNQP and start combating the hair loss insurgency today. All right. Wow. We finally convinced the wizard to get on Instagram. No easy task. It was not an easy task considering 
Uh, just go to Instagram, search uh, the Wizard TNQ. We also have a podcast uh, Instagram page now at TNQ Podcast. You can follow me at Team Frog Logic, and of course, you can follow uh, the Lone Survivor himself at Marcus Luttrell. Wow, that took my breath away, bro. That was like a big hit in football, the greatest sport ever. All right, Wizard, give us a little lowdown on Christian, please. All right, Christian. Best known right now is the running back for Carolina Panthers. He is from Castle Rock, Colorado. I'm going to run through the athletic career here real briefly. Um, High school, I mean, he was a standout player. He set state records, including career touchdowns and single-season all-purpose yards. He also ran track and placed uh, his senior year in a couple events in the state meet. Goes on to Stanford after that. He plays three seasons. In his first season as a true freshman, played all 13 games. Then sophomore season he sets all kinds of records all over the place i mean he breaks barry sanders ncaa record huge of 3250 all-purpose yards finishing 3864 he's ranked second in the nation in rushing yards he's all american he was voted associated press college football player of the year pac-12 player of the year he and he finished just shy of winning the heisman trophy uh coming in second place in the voting in that goes on his junior year uh led the nation in all-purpose yardage also led the Pac-12, and, and then in 2017, he enters the NFL draft. He goes in the first round, eighth overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. One of the most interesting things that I found about him is his family. I mean, this is an athletic family. I'm just going to go with his father, Ed, was a former, uh, was a former Stanford and NFL wide receiver. Um, his mother was a former Stanford soccer player. His brother, Max, former Duke football and current 49ers wide receiver. His brother Dylan uh, is a current University of Michigan quarterback. His brother Luke is, um, I guess, headed to University of Nebraska as a quarterback. His uncle Billy, uh, Billy McCaffrey, was a Duke and Vanderbilt basketball player. That's just... They're competitive, man. I would love to go to Turkey Day at their house. That's a real game. First... first what are we playing first? Yeah. I don't know. Seniority. They literally jock up. They have full pad contact football right. games at Turkey Day. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, awesome. he, play, he plays one sport. Professor's got a uh, uniform for every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> one more thing that's really interesting to, ta- to, to mention is recently he was just in the news because he was doing some hiking near Castle, actually on Castle Rock, Colorado, where he's from, and was there when a 72-year-old dance smoker, he, this guy fell about 20 feet, sustained some serious injuries, um, McCaffrey and his brothers were there on the scene. They were able to respond to this. They made a 911 call. I mean, you can look this up. You can listen to it on 911. You know, um, I think TMZ got a hold of it. You can put it up on YouTube. But they handled this situation that basically saved this man's life. Says about this, um, you see something like that, you definitely have a better appreciation for life, and you take every moment in and can't take anything else for granted. So that had a large impact on him as well. Amen to that, bro. What do you say we bring this kid on? Yeah, man, let's do it. Booyah. Marcus, I'm going to tell you right now, brother. Man, I am super fired up because 
I wanted to be a football player because I wanted to live this dream that this young man has been living at its full force. He has been performing at the highest level probably since the first time he strapped on his flag tags back when he was a half a year old. But I want to tell you, he's gotten there. He's proved himself. He's shattered all kinds of records out there. So I cannot wait to hear what he has to say. How about you, big guy? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, my affiliation with Exos and what I do down there, all these guys that come through the programs now, I, I paid attention to college football and professional football a lot. Now I do right? a lot. So it's, uh, yeah, these guys are great, man. I can't wait to get him on here and hear his side. So it's going to be fun. What do you think? Should we bring him on? Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the show. Christian McCaffrey, brother, what's up? How's it going, man? That was a hell of an intro. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, I need that intensity in the games, man. That was awesome. Oh, that's what I do, bud. That's There's what I do. There's a very long line of impressive people <laughs> that want him to introduce them wherever they go in life. <laughs> Nothing more than that, yes. though. They don't, they don't want me to be you know, a life and then coach. Go or away. Yeah, just you introduce me <laughs> and then leave. Your hole. My, go back in that podcast <laughs> hole and never to be seen again. Well, listen, man, We I know you're a busy man, and we're just so fired up, and I want to also reach out, give a, another big shout-out to Lex McMahon, my brother who's brought us so many incredible guests, right, dude? I mean, Dana White, um, he probably got helped us get right before the McGregor fight. Like the he's fourth one, right? You no, know, he's on fire, dude. He's on fire. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so proud to know him, and, and I just we thank you. We love you, Lex. Thank you. All right, Christian, before we can get into the nuts and bolts of the gridiron of your never-quit story, what we have to do is we have to warm up your prefrontal cortex. I want you to prepare your brain right now for the mad minute are you ready Let's go <laughs> all right here we go marcus fire away all right well if every job paid the same what would you be doing for a living every job paid the same what man i'd be doing just what i'm doing i love playing ball man what it's, i said uh, too. <laughs> that's what my heart is so that's <laughs> an easy one for that, me. that was a totally right. easy one and his job pays well which is a bonus that's right? always a bonus in the, in the whole and <laughs> in, 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 not hurt man it's not hurt I love that. It does not hurt. (laughs) All right, wizard, fire away. All right, would you rather get a full grill a la Little Wayne or have fully tattooed eyebrows like the dragon lady at the nail parlor? You got to pick one. (laughs) Man, I'd go with the grill. I'd have to say the grill. I don't know if I could put something on my eyebrows. I mean, you wouldn't have eyebrows that you just tattoo them on. Yeah, you just, I think that you'd look. I could co- make up an excuse like it just have a lot of cavities or I had a mouth injury or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The tattoos on the eyebrows. That doesn't fly. That doesn't route. fly at all. Oh, that's epic. All right, here you go. If you could go back in history and play on any team, any football team in history, what team would it be? Man, I'd I'd play. Uh, ooh, that's tough. I'd probably play for the '98 Denver Broncos. That's just where my pops played. How cool so, would that uh, be? Being able to play that'd have been cool. And I, you know, I grew up grew up in the locker room with all those guys. So that'd have been really cool. The year they won the Super Bowl. So 
I'd probably go with that. Nice, nice. Mine is 79 Steelers, man. That's who I want. I want to play oh, with yeah. all those knuckleheads, dude. That's a badass team, man. That's oh, epic. All right, Marcus, fire. All right, if you could call yourself five years into the future, what's the one question you'd ask? Oh, Damn, man. that's actually a hard question, bro. You're getting five deep. years in the future. What would I ask myself right now, or what would I ask myself in five years? No, what would, what would you ask yourself in five years? Oh man, I think I'd ask myself if I enjoyed it, if I really kind of savored it and, and took it all in. I think a lot of times I get caught up in, you know, putting a lot of pressure on myself, and I never really uh, let it soak in. And so I'm trying to work on that a little more, and. Uh, you know, not be, you know, I guess move on to the to the next to the next play, next game. I mean, I think that's that's what you know all the great players in the world and you know guys like mm. you, why you excel so much because you're never satisfied. But you know, I hope to look back one day and, and know, you know, tell myself, ask myself at least if I enjoyed it. I think I, I for sure will. I, I mean, I love playing ball, but um, trying to work on that just a little more. But just the fact that you're thinking about it right now is you're already ahead of the game, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just having awareness of that. All right, I got another one for you. If you could pick a sidekick to accompany you through life, what would you pick? And if you need some suggestions, I will readily provide. I was going to say, I mean, if I needed one, who would I pick? Yeah, every moment of your life. Man, I mean, um, if, I had, if I had to pick one sidekick, and I don't mean to – to pander to you guys at all i probably pick you guys uh you seem to you know have i mean you're kind of the, the kind of people and, and just the military and seals in general uh who i know myself and a lot of uh, other athletes look up to and look to for their wisdom for strength you know we, we play a game you guys it's you know life or death so i mean i'd probably have one of you guys i think i do pretty well brother God bless you, brother. I appreciate yeah, that. Appreciate but that, man. I'm me, a parent now, and I got to say it like that, but the team got me like, you're damn right you did. I was going to say, <laughs> you, you, you absolutely did not want me as your sidekick when I was in the teams because, bro, we would have been all over TMZ in about five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> all right, Marcus, uh, fire away. What's your weirdest pet peeve? My weirdest pet peeve? Oh man, I got a lot of them. <laughs> uh, I have a, probably when uh, I'd have to say when when people ask you questions about either your sport or what you do and have not a whole lot of idea what what they're talking about, but they'll kind of talk to you as if they do. And then they, <laughs> I also don't like when they ask you questions about like your competition or a bad play that you made, like post game. Oh, come uh, on, bro. You know you love armchair quarterbacks, no, bro. <laughs> come on. You know you like, love like, those guys. Like, hey, you know, what uh, What happened when you, you know, dropped the ball? Or what? I got this one in college. Man. I, I, I didn't really – I didn't fumble a lot in college. I, I, I fumbled one game, and, like, I'm a very competitive person. So, you know, you <laughs> want to make yourself look good and you know, be correct when it comes to answering media questions. But, you know, they're like, hey, what happened on the fumble? God, man, you have no idea how mad I'm at, at you right now. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I had the ball and then I dropped it, and you know, I don't know how to answer that because you, you messed up. So you don't, you know, you kind of want to punch him in the face. But uh, <laughs> and that's a rhetorical question. The answer is, I mean, it's in it. So thank yeah, you. Next question. You that's the answer. Like people, like you get mad. Like people, you know, if I snap back and I'm like, oh, he's a dick, but 
you know, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, that's probably my, my weirdest pet peeve. I think just any competitor can understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Wizard. All right, man. I want to hear a sports matchup that has never happened in history, but you'd like to see anything. Between myself or, or in general, anything. And, well, okay. Sure. Yourself or anyone else. Ooh, I want to see, uh, I mean, the topic of conversation nowadays is, is LeBron MJ. Exactly. You know, Thank he, you for that. Ever, so, so I, I mean, that would be a legendary matchup right there. What do you think would happen? Ooh. See, I, I'm not going to sit here. Like, I know a lot of, like, that's probably the biggest conversation in our locker room nowadays is, is that you can guarantee you're going to get, you know, who's better, LeBron or MJ conversation every day after practice. But I was never around to watch MJ. So I can't speak on it as much. Mm. I've seen highlights, and obviously I've seen a million videos. But and I was young, so rarely have I sat down and watched him in his prime, watched a full game. You know, so I've right. seen a lot of LeBron, obviously, but I can't. I, I mean, I can't act like I'm, you know, some basketball guru when it comes to all that stuff. But I think it'd be a hell of a matchup. It, it was. I was just recently uh, working with a UFC fighter, and we were up in Chicago. And we were at the arena, and there's this beautiful statue of, of MJ. And on the sides, it lists all of his accomplishments and the years with which he did it. And it is staggering. I mean, it is incredible. I, I can't imagine. But, but then, you know, as the championship was going on, obviously, this is being thrust out into the world daily by ESPN and every other sports network. You start to look at what LeBron has done as well, too, and... I think those types of comparisons, everybody loves to do it, but at the end of the day, it's just two very different times, very different players, very different uh, leagues, you know, and how the way things run. You can't do it. Oh, you talk about it forever because yeah. every generation right. changes. Basically, if they don't have anything else to talk about at the time, you can always talk about that. Well, it's <laughs> like us talking, all right, who was better, SEALs from Vietnam or SEALs today? And no Carlos Hathcock versus Chris Kyle. There's no Chris. answer. True. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I remember it's funny. He brings up the the Jordan Lebron thing, but it used to be like Will Chamberlain versus Michael Jordan back when you know Jordan was just in the middle of his career. I remember those yep. conversations. Magic Johnson, Michael oh, Jordan, see Mayweather for sure. and Pac Man. I wish that would have happened. Ooh, that would have been good. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think about that. All right, here we go. Last question, Marcus. Fire away. Favorite superhero? Favorite superhero, man. I'm probably... I'm a Batman guy. Love Batman. Um, always been a big fan. I think Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises are two, two of my favorite movies in the world. So that was good. I'm going to go ahead and now, Batman. What, why Ooh. Batman, though? Why Batman? I think Batman because... I love the fact that, you know, he's got like an, and all, no one knows who he is, you know, deep down inside. I kind of like that aspect. He keeps quiet. Um, and he mm. displays this image out to everybody. Everybody thinks they know who Bruce Wayne is, but you know, deep down they have no idea. And, um, and, you know, I like how he's like a silent, you know, like what do they say? Silent guardian. Yeah. Watchful protector. I like, I love, I love that. How he's, hmm. He doesn't have to say much. He just you know, even puts a mask on to hide it. Um, but he, you know, I think he's a genuine superhero. I like Deadpool too, but I think I think Batman. Awesome. Hell, that's exactly what it is. You know why he shows up? 
Yeah. You're screwing up. There's yeah, no absolutely. talking about it. We don't. It's like if Batman's standing in front of you, right. it's because you screwed up. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much for your participation and the always difficult but endlessly hilarious Mad Minute. We appreciate it. But Christian, in all honesty, man, the 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 reason we we wanted to bring you on is we wanted to give some different insight from a different perspective. Um, from uh, you and, and what you've experienced in your life. So without further ado, would you please, if you could, share with our listeners your greatest never quit story or stories? For sure, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, pl- I play football, for the listeners don't know, obviously, um, and it's a game. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I got SEALs asking me what my hardest, you know, hardest story is or my never quit story is uh it's nothing compared compared to what you guys do like i said man i mean i you know i i think uh anybody in the military has the utmost respect in the world and unfortunately in today's era not not enough respect in our country but um you know my stories are a little bit different but i think can def- definitely share some weight especially to a lot of listeners i've been playing ball since i was seven you know, you know it's a physical sport so i've you know, played through just about every injury you can imagine. Um, you know, I remember there's been multiple times. I think that Rose Bowl year, uh, my sophomore year, was uh, was a never quit thing for our whole team. You know, just like you know anything else, you got to be successful. It, it requires a team. You know, even in those individual sports, I know it's just you against someone else, but you have coaches, you have teammates that push you. You know, I'm I'm huge into the UFC and in the fighting. You know, a lot of the guys that you know I train with are, are fighters, so. Um, you know, even they say, yeah, we got a lot of guys pushing each other and, you know, our team did well today. And, um, I think that Rose Bowl year, we lost our first game against Northwestern and we were counted out, you know, unranked for the first for the six games. And, uh, you know, I think you read every article under the sun and mm-hmm. I've been counted out pretty much my whole life when it comes to, um, being an elite player and I was always good. And, but it's been one of those things where I felt like I've always had to prove myself in every single uh, level of football that I've been in, you know, it takes, takes time. And I got lucky in college. I had a coach who believed in me and gave me a shot. Um, you know, I was, I was feisty and I felt like I've always had a chip on my shoulder and, you know, being a running back from, from Colorado, you know, <laughs> especially, you know, white running back from Colorado, there's not a lot of us out there. I, so I think it's just I, you I, I actually. Think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if there is a whole lot more, but, um, you know, I kind of had to had to break a few stereotypes here and there about, you know, is he fast enough? Is he big enough? Is he strong enough? All this. And um, I felt like I've always had, had to prove myself and push through. And it used to really piss me off. But I've learned now, man, that, that I know myself better than anybody. And, and if you do that, if you know yourself, and if you know how hard you can push yourself, you'll get the most out of you. When you start to worry about exterior things, it's it makes it a lot harder because you, you, your focus is turned from, from succeeding and from being the best you know player you can be to, uh, to, to, you know, irrelevant people. So, you know, that's always been a, a never quit thing where I've had to silence a lot of doubters and so far it's worked. And, you know, even today you have a lot and you'll never not have some. So that's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of life in general is, you know, you get to prove a lot of people wrong and the best part about it is you get to prove yourself right. And uh, so that's, that's always meant a lot to me, but, um, actually, you know, that's kind of my football side, but off the field, I've had, you know, I've had to deal with a few things actually this, this past summer, um, last off season, 
I was a uh, big outdoors dude, loved to fish and hunt and hike and do all that stuff. So uh, I was with my brothers and a few of us, a few of my buddies were, were hiking up a trail. And um, so I live in Castle Rock, Colorado. There's an actual rock that you can climb up. And we uh, took about 10 minutes to walk up. The timing of it was pretty unbelievable. Uh, you know, we stopped and, and got some waters first and weren't going to do it originally. It's kind of a last minute deal. And we, we start walking up this hill and, sit down on a on a bench for about you know five ten minutes and uh so we end up you know continuing up the trail and we get to the point where the base of the actual rock is about a I don't know, probably 60 foot rock and so you can climb up you can climb down it's not hard there's some parts that if you, if you you know want to get risky you can you can free climb them but there's you know i don't do any of that i don't think that's in my contract so <laughs> um, smart man any of that but uh yeah, so we turn the corner and, and we see, you know, about, about 25 feet up, 72-year-old man who's hiking with his 13-year-old grandson falls backwards. I mean, this is a directly vertical cliff and, and lands on a boulder, hits on a boulder. And, I mean, I heard every single bone snap in his body. I wow. thought he, he had mm. splattered, um, you know, on the ground. And you think you know what to do in a situation like that as, you know, just a regular human being. But, I, I mean... I tell you, I was shook. So I think we did all we could do and call 911. I was with one of my buddies, Mike, and, uh, you know, we're trying to hold the guy's head up. His eyes are rolling back. He's, you know, he's wheezing for air. Um, pulse stopped a couple times. And, I, and I'm like, oh, he's, there's no way that he's, you know, he's dead in 30 seconds. I mean, I thought, I thought he died on impact, let alone he wasn't dead. So I called 911 mm. and, um, you know, I'm sitting there freaking out. We're all freaking out. Yep. You know, I'm just trying to stay calm and do the right thing. And there was one other guy there who was holding his head straight. So, you know, he didn't lose oxygen or anything. And uh, paramedics came what it felt like about 45 minutes. But, you know, was, they got there. I looked at the call log. It was 11 minutes by the time they I called and the time they came up with it actually had him there. So wow, they amazing. did a hell of a job. Yeah, it was, it was pretty unbelievable. And, you know, long story short, uh, he lived in... in He's not paralyzed, and he's he's walking now. That was five months ago. The guy's walking now. I mean, so when I you know talk about never quitting, this is a seventy-two-year-old man with his with his grandson. His grandson Eli was a trooper, man. I mean, this kid handled it like a pro. Unfortunately, their parents couldn't be there. They were in San Diego for their wedding anniversary, so we ended up staying with the kid and you know making sure everything was all right. But you know, I like to think that gave me a whole new perspective on life and a whole new appreciation for it. You know, you got a guy who literally fighting and not quitting for his life and you know i i so i you know, i love listening to your guys' stories too because it puts a whole other perspective on it you know when when it's life or death it's not the same as a win or loss so um yeah so he, he's talking man he's walking now and you know i'm taking him out there for their ohio guys so i'm flying him out to the to the cincinnati game this year but uh you know that that was one thing where we you know we kind of just sat over there and didn't know what to do other than, you know, sit there and shit, say a prayer and hope, hope the best. So that was, that was one thing where, you know, something like that happens. It's definitely traumatic, but looking back, I mean, that'll, that'll motivate you to, to, to not quit, man. When you see a guy like that, who just, you know, I mean, he ended up internal bleeding in his brain, uh, broke his neck in three places, cracked his femur in half. I think he broke nine ribs in half. One mm. of them punctured his bladder and, Wow. He had internal bleeding in his gut and I mean the whole deal. So 
um, it's cool that he's here now and that he's thriving. So, I mean, I know you, you guys got a whole bunch of those stories, but for me, that was in person. You know, when you see it in person, that was, that was probably my best never quit story that I've seen. Well, let's, oh, that's a prime example. I'm sorry. Go, no, prime please. example of, you don't have to be a Navy SEAL to be the toughest SOB on the planet, man. It's a mind and body thing. And the body is such a resilient machine. Even if it falls down a damn mountain and gets all broken up on the inside, if it, if it has time, it'll heal. And it wants to stay alive, right. especially if it has a purpose. So I, yeah. Well, well, that and listen to the call. You, I mean, you did a pretty level-headed job there. So he was lucky to have you around. Yeah, I mean, I think the timing of it was was. I mean, like I said earlier, it was unbelievable. You know, it's you know we got lucky that we were there. Otherwise, I don't know who was gonna, you know, help him out. I mean, I, we didn't save a life by any chance. But I like to think that there was a reason why we turned the corner at the time we did. Amen. Always a reason. Always. Well, Christian, let's back up a second because, you know, you painted this great picture of the man's grandson and, you know, him handling it. And obviously there was some influence in that young man's life. But but you had also referenced before the influence of being in the locker room with your father and and basically growing up as he played professional football. And and what's amazing to me is your humility. I mean, Anybody that breaks Barry Sanders' NCAA record of, you know, 3,250 all-purpose yards in a season, that, that you know, and not mention it, and that that's a big, 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 huge deal. And it's, and it's driven by work ethic, in my opinion. Can you take us back to being that kid, being that seven-year-old kid and starting to play football? Where were your influences coming from, and how did you really learn your work ethic? Well, I think I definitely learned it from, you know, from my mom and my dad. Um, you know, they, they earned everything they have in this world. And, um, you know, we're, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household where, you know, we were fortunate. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, my parents never babied us and, you know, they, they made us earn everything as well. You know, they wanted to put us in the best positions to succeed, but, you know, by all means, they were, they were very hard on us in the best way. And, you know, looking back, uh, that was the greatest thing for me as, as a kid. You know, I had three brothers, still have three brothers, not had. But, um, you know, my three three brothers are my best friends in the whole world, and we were always competing, uh, always doing everything together. And uh, as much as I can, you know, attribute all my success to this and that, they're, they're the sole purpose that, you know, I've had the success I have, and we push each other every single day, man. I mean, as soon as we got home from school, it was, you know, finish the homework or tell my mom we did and pretend to, and we, you know, we were going out and, <laughs> and playing two-on-two two or, or playing, you know, knee football, tackle football, whatever it was, we were always doing together. So mm-hmm. uh, we always made it made it our purpose to, you know, whatever we wanted to do in life, whether it was music or art or, or, or football, that we were going to do it uh, 100%. I think that's the only way to live, man. Uh and I attribute a lot of that to, to my parents and, and my brothers. One, one of the great things that I always hear, whether I'm working with collegiate teams or pro teams or whoever it is, is, you know, it's very difficult uh, when certain there are certain people on the team that are struggling, right? They have There's a lot of negativity in their life, and they end up bringing the team down. Now, you seem like you've always been, you know, as I look back throughout your career, you know, the kind of the catalyst for positivity. Why is that so important? And where did you learn that from? Oh, 
I think big, I've learned it from trial and error, really. You know, I've uh, I've been on a lot of teams where had a lot of talent, and um, you know, it was a shame that that we lost because we were the best team, you know, physically, and uh, you know, no one could stop us talent wise, but we lost to a team that was, you know, a lot worse than us. I've been on multiple teams like that, and you know, I've learned when it becomes about you and about exterior things and about the stats and about you know anything else but just winning and whatever you got to do to win uh you know you lose and you know you're gonna get beat it doesn't matter and you know i think that's the that's the part of sports that's so beautiful is that it's not always the the most athletic the biggest strongest fastest guy that wins uh it takes a lot more than that and uh so i've learned through trial and error i've been on some teams and i mentioned the rose bowl team um, you know, it was my first start my, of my career. You know, my coach believed in me, and we had the same backfield as my freshman year. And I was a little bummed I wasn't playing my freshman year. And um, so, you know, he said, "All right, you're the starter my, my sophomore year." And um, you know, I was extremely excited. We lose our first game in Northwestern. It was an unranked team. We were ranked, I want to say, top ten to start the year, and we lose. And you know, I didn't play very well. And so, man, I'm going to get benched. And Kevin Hogan, our quarterback at the time, sat me down. He's like, "Look, man." He's the best player on this team. And uh, whether I believe that then or not, for him to say that as you know, a four-year starter meant a lot to me. And he said, uh, you're the best player on this team, and uh, we're going to need you, and we're going to be a hell of a team. So, you know, let's, let's keep going. Wipe it. And I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. You know, a guy like that who, you know, he'd been starting for four years. He's, he's won a Rose Bowl before and uh, played in big-time games and, you know, top ten matchups, all that. So for him to tell me that meant a lot. And I learned something from that, that, man, well, I'm moving on. If I ever see something like that happen again, that's how I'm going to handle it. Because of the way it made me feel, it encouraged me that, you know, there's one thing if a guy is given bad effort, then you got to get on him. You know, you have to. Uh, that's the right way to handle that. But, you know, if guys are trying hard and they're just, you know, whether they're not executing correctly, I mean, there's other ways to fix them. You don't always got to get on guys. Like, well, you might have to get on them, but – it's got to be productive, you know, instead of just yelling them. So you can yell at them, but yell at them productively. And, uh, I don't know, that meant a lot to me. So that's, that's pretty much where I've learned that it takes a whole group to win games, man. It's not one guy. So, uh, you know, I think I can tell a million stories about, you know, great leaders that I've played with and who have, who have really done a good job at that. Well, that, that'd be awesome. If you could, could you tell us like probably your, your two most influential coaches and your two most influential teammates that you've worked with? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, my strength coach at Stanford, Shannon Turley. Um, I've seen him. You know, he's turned a lot of boys to men. Um, that, that's a, <laughs> that's awesome. a guy right there. Um, and, and I thank him from the bottom of my heart. I don't know if he'll listen to this or not, but he's a, he's a hell of a guy. He, uh, he does so much more than just be a strength coach. You know, he really does shape people into, into, you know, men. And and I think when you look at Stanford, it hasn't, you know, been a dominant football school over the years. Um, you know, it really has been an academic school. That's, that's what everybody, it's an academic school. You know, they don't care about football and, and he came in and he, he changed the attitude of that real quick. Um, and, you know, to be able to be coached by him and just to, you know, he's a guy that you want to fight for. And this is a strength coach. This isn't even a football coach. But, you know, he demanded so much respect, and he got the best out of you. I think that's why everybody liked him so much, you know. They didn't always like him, but they always respected him. And, and you know, if you can 
earn respect, then I'll fight for you, man. And, and that's a guy that we all fought for. We all kind of bought in. So that's definitely one of them. Um, another influential coach I've had was very similar to him, my little league running back coach, um, Dwayne Charrington. Uh, you know, and it's funny, little league, man, I swear you learn a lot of lessons in little league. Um, <laughs> Dude, he, I, one, of my little league, one of my little league coaches was Mike Phipps from the uh, Cleveland Browns, and I'll never forget, oh, yeah. yeah, my second year playing Pop Warner, I was quarterback, and he, he we had an 85-page playbook, man, and he would speak, and it was like God speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Same voice and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's awesome. But that's another coach, man. He was great. He, you know, he would always get on us, and he was kind of our hype man. But uh, he was also a great coach. I'll, I'll never forget him. Uh, two most influential teammates, man. Um, I would say I, I play with a lot of them right now. A lot of them right now, too. You got guys like you know Luke Keekley and guys like you know Ryan Cleo and Greg Olson, who who are great guys to play with. You know, great leaders and. Um, you know, everybody on the team, really guys, you know, guys like Cam, you know, Cam's got a lot of different, uh, perceptions about him, but you know, he's a guy that when you see him off the field, you know, he's the same way. And you know, a lot of people don't see the work he puts in and guys like that, man, you know, when you, when you have guys that you know, they're working and, um, you know, you'll, you'll fight for them. And so, uh, guys like that, I think, uh, Kevin Hogan and, and a guy that's really pushed me has been Bryce Love. Uh, I played with Bryce at Stanford. He was a year younger than me. Uh, he was a Heisman finalist last year. Um, Colin is going to win it this year. And uh, he uh, he pushed me right at the gate. And I had just kind of got my starting role, and I was playing well my sophomore year. And here I noticed this kid behind me who was balling in practice. I mean, he's making moves. That I'm like, I, I need to copy that. So So he would push me to really, you know, be better and, and continue to push me and help me not get complacent with myself. Very cool. Very cool. You know, um, something we talk a lot about on the show is transitions, but usually it's uh, like in a military context, getting out and going to another career. However, I'm interested about your transition, for example, and you just went through going from collegiate to professional and doing a transition where you're, you're going up a level and dealing with that and could you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe any struggle or difficulty things you had to focus on going through that transition? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the unknown is always uncomfortable, um, you know, whenever you're transitioning. So for me, going from, you know, the West Coast to the East Coast, you don't know anybody on the team. It's different, but you can get used to that. I think the biggest difference and, and the hardest thing that, not hardest, but just most unique thing I had to deal with going from college pro is mm -hmm. you're playing with, uh, you know, guys that are a lot older than you and you got guys with families and it's, it's such a business, you know, you, you see, you know, Sunday game day and all the fun everybody's having. It's great, but it, I mean, it's a business. I think I saw something the other day, average mm -hmm. lifespan in the NFL is like, I think less than three years. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, wow. you know, it's, it, there's guys, there's guys coming in and out every day. It's, you know, a lot of guys say NFL stands for not for long because, <laughs> you know, you see the top, you see huh. the top name guys, but you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's 53 guys on a roster in each team. And, you know, you start with about a hundred. So half of them are going to get cut by the time you enter, you, know, you finish with training camp. So it's, it's a lot harder to get close to people. Um, I tell uh, a funny story. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had Ju- I played with Julius Peppers in NFL Street and Madden all back in the day, man. When I was a kid, he was he was actually he got drafted. I was five years old, and, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I got pictures of him on my wall and SI all that, man. Uh, what did he say when you said that like to that. him? Did you drop that line on him? Oh, he don't, I don't, I, dude, I don't, I, I have not said that to him. I don't think he knows that unless he's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, he, I mean, he just puts dude. it into perspective, right? Stop. When you're standing around. Like, yeah. He's, I mean, he's six eight. you know, 300 of all muscle, freak athlete. And, uh, I used to kill people with him in like NFL street and get up talking smack in the video game and, you know, I walk in the locker room the day after I get drafted, and they're going to look at my my jersey, which is great. And I look to the left, I'm like, man, that's Julius Peppers' locker. Like, oh my god! Like, it, it kind of came full circle that you know this is you're you're with the dogs now, you know. And um, but uh, you know, once you get to playing, it's just football. It's the same sport you've been playing since I was seven years old. And I think that's like any transition. It starts out different. You know, you might meet new different guys and you got a different system, whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, let's move the ball forward and try to score. And it's the same at every single level. That, that's a, a great, great point. One of the, one of the things that I, I, I spent some time working with the Miami dolphins. And one of the things I learned from their director of player engagement was just, you know, because of that short lifespan, guys, really young players coming in, they aren't thinking about what's next, what's afterwards. And, Hopefully at Carolina, you guys in the modern era, in the modern world, you're beginning to think about, all right, how do I take this wonderful platform, all these incredible lessons I've learned by making it to the top of my profession and taking them and really having a greater impact? Because, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you're, the incident you went through last year and what I've seen and read in some of your interviews are, man, you have a different outlook on stuff. So could you talk to us and our listeners a little bit about thinking about that and where you're at and what's going to come in the future for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of touched on it. Um, you know, whether, whether you people like it or not, you know, you play a pro sport, you're going to have a platform and whether or not you want to make it, you know, a positive platform or not is up to you. But, you know, I think a lot of you see so many guys around the league who are doing so many great things, you know, whether it's, you know, stuff with, uh, you know, inner city schools or, you know, stuff with the military or stuff with, ex, you know, you name it. I don't, I don't know what, but there's, there's all over the place. And uh, I think that's that's really the purpose, because at the end of the day, this game is great. Uh, it's my favorite thing to do in the world. I want to play forever if I can. But I'm also smart enough to know it ends. And uh you know, people forget you, you know, they're going to forget about you. Um, and, and so I think what you do with the time you have is, uh, extremely important. And, you know, I like to think we have a huge platform. I think to me, the biggest sin in the world right now is mm. that guys like you, you know, and more guys like you don't have that same, you know, platform because, you know, I know I talked to a lot of guys on our team and you guys are the most respected people in the world. And so I think it's our, you know, pretty much duty to, to at, at the very least have a, some kind of positive impact on, uh, you know, on the world. And I, I take that seriously. I think my dad, uh, you know, always told me that, and, you know, it's hard because you want to focus on, on the task at hand, not worry about the outcome, but at times you got to see the bigger picture and, uh, realize what, what it's all about. 
Amen. We appreciate you saying that, and that's a very powerful yeah, outlook you. on life. I want to kind of switch here, and this is probably not necessarily directly related to any Never Quit story, but it's more of a curiosity, because looking at your, uh, specifically what I, you know, one of the most interesting aspects, I think, to looking at your story here is your family. And you already mentioned your brothers and how that, um, the impact of that pushing each other growing up. But, you know, we kind of touched on this in the intro, but your father, mother, three brothers, uncle, they all played at a high collegiate level, and then if not professional, what? How do you explain that? It, this is not just genetics. What hap, What is it within your family that is 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 breeding this success? I'm sure you've thought about this. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly a really hard question to answer because I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure what you know what's different about our family than than others because uh, I you know I haven't been in anybody else's shoes, but I can speak for our family that you know we uh we're unbelievably competitive and i know a lot of people say that but it's very very true that pretty much everything we ever did was competing and you know my dad didn't care what we did but he always made sure that we were going to do it at 100 percent, and then we weren't going to give anything less otherwise you know he'd make us stop playing and find something else to do but um we all kind of fell in love with sports and i think just you know you are who you surround yourself with and we're always surrounded, mm-hmm. you know, by each That's other. Important. And so, you know, you start to, um, you know, you start to implement these, these habits that you've been doing since you were little, you know, working hard, staying after hours, um, you know, pushing people, you're just always trying to be the, the best on your team, the best in the league, the best at whatever you were doing. We wanted to be the best. And, um, you know, my mm-hmm. older brother was the best in certain things and I wanted to be better than him and my little brother was, I mean, it's just kind of a stem of a positive competitive atmosphere that we grew up in. And, uh, I think, I think that's, that's a huge reason why, um, well, that certainly makes sense. I mean, we can understand that pursuit of excellence, even though it may be impossible in, in the culture of, of the teams. Absolutely. Sure. I right? think, it's I powerful. think the dynamics almost exactly the same, exactly the same. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Hey, Bubba, I yeah. remember the day I met you, man. Uh, game day over here is like church on Saturdays, right? And I, <laughs> and I came walking in. My brother was already, he's, he's here before I even get up, prepping everything. And I come walking in, and, and Stanford's on the television. I'm just like, hey, why the hell is Stanford on the television? Why are we watching the Stanford game? He's like, you got to watch Kid McCaffrey. I was like, what? Is he good? He goes, just watch. I go if they kick, he goes if they kick it off to him he's gonna run it straight back no questions asked just as slick as just, <laughs> you know, like my brother does I'm yeah, like yeah. whatever man like it comes out I was like damn I was like oh man look at this white boy kind of doing that number yeah, right yeah, there yeah yeah totally sure enough he you ran it just like he said all the way back straight in like it was nothing man and for that I've been watching you every and Stanford every since and just to watch your progression oh, through that, that, that quiet man. professional, right? You just, I just came in. The guy who throws the helmet on is not the guy who walks out of the locker room. And I, when I try and talk to the guys, I'm like, it's literally when you throw that on, you can become any animal you want, any kind of beast Absolutely. that you want. And when you were saying that, we like, we, as we go along, we have all the best players, and, and, but we don't ever win. I'm like, that's because the best players don't make the best team. That's not how that works. If you ever run right. across a bunch of old, fat dudes who have been together forever, and they work <laughs> your ass on the basketball court or the handball or whatever it is, just, and they're breathing and dying and drinking beer or blowing cigar smoke in your face. It's just, because in college football, man, you're – 
it's kind of the end, the honing of the physical and the mental abilities into the life that you're actually going into. Not, we call it a game. It's not that anymore, man. It's, it's very much a life because it's how it's integrated into our families on Sundays. It's, I don't have to go to church on Sundays when the season's on, so it's kind of one of those deals. And the difference between when you come out of the college into the pros, you're not learning how to play the game, man. You learn how to play the people. <clears throat> because the game right. is, is, is still going to be the same rules and everything like that. But the people, well, after a while in that league, what you what they have is experience. And it that is a world of, that added many you know, old age and experience to whip your ass every damn time. That's a real thing. So when you have the wherewithal to, to understand that, come in, keep your mouth shut, and NFL is not for long, is that's the ones who are going in there and trying to change and make the, their name. They want to be re- remembered afterwards. You go in there yeah. trying to be remembered for that day because you don't know if you're going to see the next. Amen. It's uh, it's something that guys like you, when you get in there, man, you're because of your intelligence and, and your upbringing and how much you care about the game, and it's become part of your life. Man, you, it's just you're going to do wonderful things in the league, not only for yourself but for everybody around you. A lot of valuable lessons in, in what you said. I appreciate it, man. That means a lot coming from you, man. Seriously. Thank you. Well, Christian, tell us what what's next, or, do, or what you're doing. Do you have any foundations or organizations that uh, you like to promote at all, so our listeners can check those out? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we just got done with uh, my my uh, my dad started a camp about nine years ago with a couple people called Dare to Play, and it's a camp for for individuals with Down syndrome. A football camp that we do every year. It's a blast. So doing one next year too. I mean, I want to, I want to move it out to Charlotte too, uh, this next year. So I'll start thinking about that. But, you know, other than that, I, I stay pretty involved, um, around the Charlotte area with some, with some different stuff, some other stuff here in Colorado as well that, that we do. But right now that, that we just kind of finished with that. Um, and then I'm, I'm in kind of train mode right now. So everything right now is focused on getting ready for camp, but next off season is, when we'll amp back all all the charity stuff again. That's awesome, cool. man. That is so cool. Well, listen, we just can't thank you enough for coming on board with us and uh, sharing your insight and your story. I think, uh, you know, it, it, there's so many people out there bashing uh, your generation, and I think you are setting quite the standard, uh, and hopefully people will, will listen to what you're saying and they'll – you know, take it to heart and they'll be more committed to their teams and to working hard and, and to be competitive in their lives because life is a competition. So thank you very much, Christian. Oh, thank you guys. Seriously. I really appreciate having me on. Like I said, you know, you guys are, you guys are the, are the ones that a lot of us look up to. So when they asked me to do it, I jumped at it, man. I appreciate you guys having me. That's cool. Oh, I'm glad you know, to see you. Hopefully we can see you on the field. Yeah, for sure. Go hang out yeah, for a game or something like that. If you guys ever had a game, let a game let, let me know. I will do. Fun. All right, brother. God Take bless care. you God and your God family. Later. Take care. Take care. I'm good. All right, guys. I mean, most 20, early 20 kids. I remember when I was 23, man. And I was in Buds. I was a knucklehead, dude. This dude, he's got his shit together, bro. What do you think, man? Oh, yeah. I, I do that a lot, too, when we run across the younger guys and girls are coming on here. 
at 23, 24, go a lot younger than that. Guys well, climbing Everest and yeah, everything 13. in between, right? Jordan Romero. And um, it's a true testament to that generation because, I mean, obviously he's out in the spotlight and I spent a lot, I mean, I have a millennial in the house. So, I mean, by the way, they are smart. By, hold they on. Are. By the way, and I, and I know I bring this up every time, but I have to. I mean, just for general purpose, mm. the fact that Hunter is an intern at the Chive this summer. You, you have, you. I mean, you were already legendary status as a a, a stepdad, right? But now, right. dude. Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. That's that's some cool points for the stepdad status, huh? Bro, it's the Chive. It is a Chive. Did he build a golden altar to you for Father's Day? That's what it should be. <laughs> Sacrifice the cat. <laughs> Like a scene straight out of Moses. Dude, he posted a picture the other day in a in a American flag onesie with some attractive lady next to him. Dude. Yeah, the, the best part about my oldest boy Hunter, for those of you who don't know who he is, he's uh, he's in college right now and and like we're saying, intern at the Chive. He's such a great kid like, or young man. He's solid. I mean, kid. like I, I, I'm like, hey man, if you want to go get in trouble so I can yell at you a little bit, that's cool because. <laughs> I mean, I've only had a discipline in him like three times yeah, his entire life. Forever. And the more he, the older he gets, the more he acts like the man, the more I treat him like one. That's how I was raised, too. And, yeah. Um, but he is all that celebrity, all that good, all those craziness supposed to go with a celebrity life that I yeah. didn't get a chance to live. Yeah. He's getting it. Full oh, dose. Full dose. <laughs> <laughs> we're at Super Bowl one year, and I, and yeah, and uh, Melly and I were at one of the parties, and yeah. it was probably about. Uh, Felt like two AM, more like eight thirty. I guess right. the sun went down. <laughs> Melly, like, ready to go, babe? <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, you ready to go, hun? And she's like, yeah, but uh, you know, Hunter, I'm sure he wants to hang out and see all this. Wahlberg, I got him. <laughs> I'm like, oh. wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Wahlberg was sitting on this fountain uh, on his phone. We're having this conversation. He looks over, he's like, I got him. I'm like, all right. I mean, my son gets power. And even the next morning, you know, he's like, hey, Hunter, I had a great time last night. I'm like, don't even say. I don't even want to know. Don't even tell your mother. Just don't even, <laughs> just don't even want to know, man. <laughs> I was like, she won't even let me roll around with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, so our generation coming up is phenomenal. And I just think, you know, Christian, man, God bless you for keeping your head on straight. I know you're going to do great things in the NFL, but better yet, I know you're going to do great things in life. If 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 this was your first show with us, a TQ podcast, man, hoo-yah, thanks for joining us. Hopefully you got a big dose. If you're coming back, man, we absolutely love you. Thank you so much. If you want to know more about it, what we do, Please check out our website at TNQ Podcast, where you can find all kinds of great information. Uh, you can find great t-shirts, swag, swag, swag. All right, you can also and other cool stuff. Merchandise is in. Merchandise in. Uh, you can also follow us along on social media. Marcus is at Marcus Luttrell. I'm at Team Frog Logic. The Wizard is at the Wizard. No, no, just at the Wizard TNQ. I always butcher that. Sorry, brother. All right. All right. Now, the one of the great places <laughs> that we have perfectly okay. is we have this great section on a way, website where people write in their greatest never quit stories. So we've got a doozy for you today. All right. Here we go. This is from Tracy. This is not my story, but the never quit story of my hero. And I'm sorry this is a little long, but she deserves... 
for her entire story to be told. And it starts at her very beginning. She was the product of rape. Her mother was raped by someone in the family, the person that raised her as her father. And she still is not 100% sure who her real father is. She grew up in a household with two alcoholic parents and for the most part had to take care of herself from a very young age. She also had to raise her two younger sisters. She would have to walk to the local bar to take cash from her parents in order to go to the store to buy food or else her parents would spend it all on drinking. However, she didn't let any of it stop her. She was a model student active in the drama club and at the church and became an amazing trumpet player in the school band. As a team, she met her soulmate, even though his family treated her bad, telling her she was a gold digger and no good. They themselves were far from wealthy. She never let them get her down. They were together all through high school and ran away together as soon as they graduated. They married in Georgia while he was going through infantry school. He had joined the army after seeing John Wayne in the Green Berets. Shortly after arriving to their first duty station, Fort Bragg, she herself became the victim of a she herself became a victim of an assault and rape. She did not let this ruin her though, instead growing stronger from it and becoming a mother of two during their time in North Carolina. Their life together was not easy by any means. They ended up getting divorced and moving on. However, after they both ended up moving back home to New Mexico, they began dating again and ended up getting married again. Starting their new lives together was a struggle. He, he was a welder in the oil field of southeast New Mexico. They moved to a new house in a little town at least once a year. One year was spent living in a 19-foot camper in her sister's backyard with two small children, but they never quit on each other again. She never quit on him, even when his alcoholism took him to drinking three cases of beer a day. And as their children grew older, they finally became stable and stopped moving around. Through all the fighting and drinking and him almost dying from the alcohol, through all the foreclosures and bankruptcies and struggle, she never quit on him. After their kids graduated and left home, her daughter got married and became pregnant. They themselves were not stable and ready for kids. So they asked my hero and her husband to take the baby for a little while until they could take care of themselves. That was 16 years ago, and my hero has since adopted that baby as her own kid. In 2008, her husband, her soulmate, her love of her life since she was a teenager, died of cancer. Apparently, being an oil field welder was very bad for your health. After he hid the cancer for more than a year, she finally found out when the doctor accidentally let it slip out one day. She never quit on him through all of his illness. After he died, a close friend of theirs helped her deal with the loss and they eventually began dating. During this time, she was being stalked by someone who would break into her home and leave rose petals all over her bed and room. One morning, she, was, she went to take the garbage outside and he was waiting on the porch with a log from the firewood stand and attacked her and beat her with the log. She survived and got training and received her CCW license. For months, this man was stalking her and terrorizing her. One night, the motion alarm went off and the lights outside turned on. 
She went out the back door to see what was going on, and he was there again. Waiting to attack her, she drew her pistol and fired before he could get her. The man fled and never returned. The cops know she hit him because they followed his blood trail to where his car was parked. They later found out he made it to Mexico before dying of his wounds. Not too long after this, her and her new boyfriend got married. They are wonderful together and love to travel around and take cruises together. Then it happened again. Her second husband died of cancer. Through all of this, she never quit on life and on her God. She ended up writing a book that has been published that helps people, men and women, who lose a spouse. It isn't a woe is me, my life sucks book. It is to help with all the stuff you can't think about when you're grieving. While dealing with all of this, she also became an ordained minister and grief counselor and travels to sites of disasters like tornadoes and hurricanes to help people find hope. Her adopted daughter goes with her to help children. They're an amazing team. They go on yearly mission trips to spread the word of Christ and to help those less fortunate than themselves. Through all these trials and all the heartache and all the struggles she grew up with, she grew up with, she never quit on life. She never quit on God. Today she is a teacher, an ordained crisis minister, a mom to a high schooler, and grandmother to five kids. Oh, and did I mention she's also my mom? Yes, my hero is my mom. She is the reason I am the man I am today. My father was a good person and a real good dad and taught me a lot, but it was watching and learning from her that shaped the kind of father and husband I have become. Watching her while, I, while growing up, I saw her never quit attitude. I learned how to take hits, stand up, and push through to the other side even stronger than before. I wake up each day hoping that I can accomplish something that day to make her proud of the man I've become. She is my ultimate never quit inspiration. I know this was long, but thank you for reading this, Tracy. Holy sweet Lord. Wow. That woman is amazing, bro. Can you believe that? Moms, right? Moms. Amen. Committed to the very end, right? Never quit. I mean, that's Committed the definition. To the very end. To the very hey, end. All women out there, they need to know they can tw- take twice as much as a man can. Physical pain and mental pain for that matter. And then they can get a good cry and get it out. And, and, and reset. Keep, yeah, yeah, and reset and keep going. And it's that, that motherly instinct, man. Nothing matters more than, than you. Your mom always love you, man. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. How much you screw up, doesn't matter. Your mom always love you. That's the truth, isn't it? You wonder why I got mine parked right over it. <laughs> right down uh, the road. Mom, mama's boy, right? Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for writing in. Mm. I also want to thank God, my life, Christ, you know, my endless sunshine, my girls, my family. I want to thank Christian, man. God bless young man. I hope you keep doing the great things. I want to thank our listeners. Man, without you guys, we wouldn't have the show. I want to thank you, too, for everything you do to help me live out my purpose. Christian, hey, young bug, man, you got a good head on your shoulders. You got a, a good perspective of what's in front of you, man. You're going to do great things. We're looking forward to watching that go down. Thank you again for coming on here. It's been a joy to watch you play, man. Uh, I continue to watch you play. Tracy, you know, everybody should write. We should just ask every person who comes on here to tell a story about their mom. Right? That's a good idea. Because it, it, it is. Some of the, I mean, the hardest times 
always that. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know. My mom, right? Just yep. his mom. I, so thank you for telling that story. We'll go down and hug my mother right now. <laughs> awesome. I'm out. Out. Never quit. Never quit.